We have a great show for you today. Today I have female porn director Jackie St. James and I'm excited about this because there really aren't that many female porn directors in this industry. So I'm excited to meet somebody else like me who can talk about what it's like to be a female director in this industry, you know, what she thinks feminist porn is. And basically, I'm going to ask her all the questions that other interviewers ask me. And I'm excited to get her point of view on this kind of thing because there aren't that many of us. And I am really interested to hear what she's got to say. So let's introduce Jackie St. James. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today I have a very special guest, somebody who I'm excited to interview because we don't actually know each other. We've just met today, but I've heard so much about you and she is a rarity in this industry, as am I. So I feel like we're two unicorns in the same room. Award-winning director Jackie St. James. Hello. I'm so excited to be here, and it's such an honor. Thank you for inviting oh, me on. Thank you. It's an honor to have you. I've always wanted to meet you. I actually remember the first time I saw you, I believe I was at Expos, and you were going on stage to win, like, director. It was. I know you Maybe, won yeah. several director awards at Expos. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it, was, it was one of them. It was Body of Work, perhaps. Yeah, where I was completely... I, I had my coat on because I was going to leave. You won several awards that that I think specific it, show, right? Uh, I I don't recall. I know that a couple of my movies won. I didn't go up for it. That was the only one I actually went up for. But right. I just remember I had my coat on. And, and people were like, well, you should stay till the director. I'm like, oh, well, whatever. I'm not going to win that. And then yeah. I did. And I went up with my coat on. And like, your purse, I, you're like, actually, yeah, I was, <laughs> I later. I, know, I was, I was like, on my way oh. out the door, but I thought I'd pick up my... Uh, Best director award on my way out, you know, just so they don't have to send it to me. Right, priorities, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was very embarrassing when I look back at the tape. I'm like, oh, God, I should have taken off my coat, but I just was shocked. So, yeah. In those moments, I don't think you're like, let me make sure I look amazing. Like, yeah. No, well, you did film. look amazing because I remember looking at you up on the stage and thinking, oh, my gosh, she's so pretty. Oh, you're sweet. And Thank I you. wish I won a director award <laughs> which i've never won but i, I totally don't that. deserve it so it's fine it's <laughs> no it's true okay so t- seriously to be honest i still feel like i'm a photographer that's just like winging it at video hmm. you know because i mean originally i was a photographer right. and then i had legendary to start- thank you well well it's true no, i'm just kidding um but then i had to learn video because that's just where the industry was going so a lot of people were surprised by the fact that I didn't even start shooting features until like two years ago. Oh, wow. I'd never shot a feature before. I'd only shot web scenes. You know, I've worked for Twisties for so long. Yeah. And I've worked for Playboy Plus for so long. And then obviously for my own site. But I never was shooting movie movies, you know, right. with the whole dialogue and script and all that stuff. So I did my first one for Twisties, actually, and it was their first feature movie. And it ended up um, being bought by Showtime. That's great. And ended up being aired on Showtime. And then Twisties was super excited. And they wanted me to sign a contract 
and I refuse because I like don't sign contracts. I'm just I'm weird. An exclusivity like that. or yeah. Okay. Well, it wasn't even so much more exclusivity. I think it was a guarantee that I would produce like a movie a month, and I just oh, it, it was a lot, and yeah. I just wasn't. I I don't like signing contracts because I just I don't like to not be able to fall if some other opportunity comes along i want to be able to take that opportunity sure you know what i mean so so i said no i'm like i'll shoot the movies for sure but i don't want to sign a contract right. to shoot the movies and so then i shot the next movie and showtime didn't want it and then after that well, it, well, it, like, it, it, sometimes never it depends mind on the- <laughs> they're and like we don't want the contract they're like we actually don't want you to shoot movies for us anymore you're so i was like okay fine Hey, right out of the gate, getting it bought by a network like that is a huge deal. So they should not. That's true. But I feel that, you know, so much of it was really just the cast, you know. Um, And and it's always so much the cast. I'm sure that you agree with that. 100%. So and then after that, I did a couple of movies for Digital Playground. But, you know, I feel that, first of all, I feel I need to stop saying, you know. I'm sorry. I noticed myself. I was listening to an interview of myself on Girl Boner Radio, and I said, you know, so many times that it made me insane. So if you don't mind, if you hear me say, you know, will you just kick me under like, the table? Yes. I really need to get trained out of this. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Go back now it's like the- a game for me, so I'm like... I know. <laughs> ah! I was like... Oh. Was that I said, I know. I didn't say you, <laughs> didn't know. Say you know. Okay, okay. I know. <sighs> <laughs> All you think before words come out of your mouth. Okay, so... I have always been shooting other people's movies. Mm-hmm. I feel that if I was writing the script and I was creating the concept, I would probably be more invested. Mm-hmm. Now, you do that because I believe you got into the industry by winning a contest where you wrote a porn script. So yeah. why don't you fill us in on that whole thing and how you <laughs> came to be award-winning director Jackie St. James? <laughs> it's such a weird story because I come from corporate America. I'm very corporate. Um, even in adult, I'm corporate. Uh, but I, I was an avid viewer of pornography mm-hmm. my whole life. Well, since I was 18, we'll just say that. Um, but we'll just lie and say that. Right. Sure. It was, I was legal. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I, we would, my friends and I, my guy friends would send me links to clips and they'd be like, oh, look at this, this is crazy or look what she's doing. But one day my friend who's a mainstream, uh, director of photography was like, you're not going to believe that this is porn. And he sent me a link and it was for a company called New Sensations. And it was beautifully shot. The girl was gorgeous. The guy was good looking. And see all the porn that I had watched, you know, it's like the guys are kind of yeah, skeezy and just gross. And the girls, it was just extreme. And so I started digging into the company and discovered that they were currently looking for women to write screenplays for this contest. And if you want, it would be produced and my guy friend was like, just do it. It'll be a funny story. We can tell everybody you wrote a porno. And I was like, okay. And so I got on Twitter. I reached out to Eddie Powell, who um, worked for the company and shot that particular movie. And I was like, I have questions. And so he was kind enough to um, give me his phone number. We chatted on the phone. And I was just like, how do you write a porn? Like, what, what, what is involved? And he gave me the best advice, which I still follow to this day, which is don't write a porn just write a story that has sex and that's what I did and I submitted it I won they were kind enough to say do you want to be on set I was so nervous that first day on set because I thought it was what most civilians think which is this big party with tons of people snorting cocaine and blowing the director and so when I got there I was like this is really normal like people are just sitting in a makeup chair and eating their granola bars and drinking their water and 
none of this weird stuff is happening. Right. And I quickly became enchanted with the whole industry and it just, you know, worked out after that. They kept asking me to write more and then eventually direct. It's funny how it really isn't what people think it is. I suppose, oh. though, it depends on the set that you're on. Well, that's true, for so, sure. Because I've definitely heard stories from other girls. Yeah. And there's been some times when I've been location scouting. Uh-huh. And so that's really the only time that I've ever been on anybody else's set because I very much live in my own bubble. I'm sure you do, too. Yeah. And I've, you know, so I've kind of walked through other people's sets because I was location scouting. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah. oh God, so this I is how the other this is, is how the other half is. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, that's <laughs> and I feel that were they I, mainstream companies in adult though? No, yeah, because it's really. always the underground people that yeah. I feel like just do their own thing, and the mainstream companies tend to follow it in a very corporate way. Yeah, I there's I feel that there's definitely two sides, and yeah. they're very different. Yes, they are, and yeah. we unfortunately get lumped in with them a lot. Right, right. Yeah. So what was your first script about, actually? What was the... It was so funny because it's it's such a drastic difference from what I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it was for a, the romance series, and it was it was a rom-com, and it was about exes and moving on from an ex, and the, the boyfriend was an advice columnist. So people would, you know, reach out. Ah, oh, I said, you know. <laughs> Damn it. Like, you startled me. I was like, what happened? <laughs> They're like, she has Tourette's. Uh, no, but the, the people would reach out to the, the guy and say, you know, hey, here's my problem, my relationship. And it's how he kind of finds his way back to his ex-girlfriend through the advice he gives other people. And what's the name of it? Dear Abby. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I and know then, I'm surprised that that one flew, but I think she's since passed away, so maybe it's not a problem. I don't know. I don't know if it's even trademarked. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. I mean, you know, their legal department approved it, so I'm sure it was fine. I believe that the legal department for a lot of the mainstream porn companies are very strict oh, yes. and diligent. There are some things that, that I am told that I have to do yes. that I just think to myself, really? Yes. Really? That's that's an issue? You're then, worried about that, but then we can shoot this? Yeah, yes. So weird. And then when people will criticize on the outside, like, why didn't you do this? I'm like, because legal told me I could. You know, yeah. but you, they don't know that, but right. that's a frustration because yeah. a lot of times they'll say, well, you should have done this. Well, I couldn't. I was told legally I can't. <laughs> yeah, but then we can't really go out and say that. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't throw your client under the bus. No, you can't. And so you have to bear the brunt. Yes. That's correct. (laughs) Yeah. So how, so you shoot pretty much all features? Yeah. I mean, so when I was working at New Sensations, which I, I, you know, occasionally now I just, just did a movie for them, but I mostly shoot for Sweet Center. So it is features. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was with New Sensations, I was doing features and vignettes. So, but I only do scripted. I tried, uh, air quotes gonzo once Mm -hmm. and it was an absolute debacle. And it was hilarious to watch somebody like me, who's just very like, creatively minded from a story perspective whereas right. Gonzo you don't have to be creative from a story perspective and it was just an utter debacle and hilarious to watch were you just sitting there like well we need a story as to why he's fucking her in the ass and they were like he's fucking her in the ass because it's porno Jack you're like no 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 there's got to be a reason why he's fucking her in the ass on this <laughs> shitty couch at this shitty location there's got to be a story behind that Jackie, can't he just be fucking her in the ass on a shitty couch in a shitty location? God damn it. Yeah, it was pretty much that. And I can remember like telling the girls like, 
I was like, okay, I will, I will embrace being a gonzo director. So I was like, try and make your boobs bounce as you walk. And they were really hard implants. Uh-huh. So she was like try, <laughs> trying and it was just was not succeeding. And I was like, I'm really not good at this stuff. Like, this is just not for me. But it was a fun experience. And every, I mean, I met Mick Blue on that movie. So it's like, you know, at least you meet good yeah, people. Yeah, and he's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. are some of your favorite actors to work with? Oh my gosh, there's so many. I mean, I, I I hate saying favorites, but I mean, some of the people that I hire a lot and really enjoy are like Abella Danger, Gia Page, Chanel Preston, um, Ryan McLean, Mick Blue, um, Chad White. I mean, it's just anybody that I, f- for me, it always comes down to professionalism and can I tolerate them for 17 hours? Oh my gosh, I know exactly what you <laughs> mean. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, they might be great, but if they're high maintenance, I really have zero tolerance for yes. that. I have to like you. And some people I get along with that other people can't stand. I think it's just, you know, everybody's, it's their own. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I find that a lot of times girls that I hear are big divas are fine. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with them. I think that perhaps some directors expect girls to acquiesce or to accept things that they don't want to accept and they actually stand up for themselves. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, she's a diva. And it's like, that's, no, no, that's not a just, diva wasn't gonna, willing to do a cream pie because you never discussed it with her yes. beforehand and she doesn't do that because whatever her reasons are. Yes. I feel as long as you're very transparent before the scene and you respect a girl's boundaries and they're all laid out there, I, I think that I think if a girl feels safe with you yes, and she feels that she can trust you, then she's going to be fine. I think when the diva thing comes out, the diva quote-unquote, right. um, it's when she's in a place that she doesn't feel safe. And yes. For me, when a girl is being difficult or she is being diva-esque, I try to remember that it probably comes from a place of fear and insecurity. And she's being that way because she feels insecure or sure. because she feels fearful. And so I try to remember that she's not out to get me. Right. She's not out to ruin my production. It comes from you know a place of insecurity inside, and I try to alleviate that you're so much more spiritual than me i have zero tolerance for any diva <laughs> behavior i'm like get the fuck away from me like i mean for me it's just like i mean if you're more than 15 minutes late to set i will never hire you again and i have not hired back a-list performers because they were over 15 minutes i do not have that patience wow. i just yeah i'm very cutthroat like i that. had a girl who was over an hour late to set <gasps> and then she spent and this is kind of normal almost yeah you're no new, new girls new girls that's why she wasn't new <gasps> What? She was not new. She was. She had been in the business a long time. She'd taken a break. She'd come back. Um, I had actually shot. My mom had shot her. That's how not new she was. And at least she was the second scene. So the fact that she was late wasn't as big of a deal because I was already but still. working on something else. Sure. But then she got there and it, it made me laugh because I felt kind of like this was an example of somebody who was used to the way things used to be when like we had money Casual. yeah and that kind of stuff you know porn was making money she's like so i really want starbucks who's you know who's <gasps> going out to get starbucks i'm like ain't nobody going out to get starbucks oh girl. no bitch no no one's getting i she's like well you know where's the pa that's gonna go get starbucks i'm like i don't have a pa i'm the right. pa i am the pa i am the pa the <laughs> i am the director i am the photographer i am the stylist i am everything yeah so porn is free as yeah. mike quasar would yes say. exactly there's no pa Yes. Ain't nobody getting you Starbucks. No. Wow, <laughs> the fact that she even, you know, because I feel like I can understand. I, look, I can't understand, but I can maybe sympathize a little bit if somebody wants a Starbucks, but they were on time and say, yes. you know, hey, is there any other coffee? But like to be an hour late and then make a demand? Absolutely not. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, I was laughing about Ooh. that. I know. I used to have Red Bulls on set, but then my budget got cut. Oh, yeah. There's, now oh, it's there's, Red Bull. Yeah, now no. there's no more Red Bulls yeah, on no. set. And people are always like, is there Red Bulls? I'm like, nope. It's like $50 at Costco, people. Like, yeah. no. Yeah, no. Bring That's your half own. half the catering budget. Own. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your favorite movie that you think you've directed? Like, if somebody wasn't too familiar with their work, mm-hmm. with your work, mm-hmm. and they were to go out and buy, you know, a... DVD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love right. DVD. Who buys DVDs? I anymore? love you people, though. You're still keeping me alive. <laughs> Somebody buys DVDs, I guess. It's in we're the Midwest. Still making them. It's the people that don't have access to the stores. Yeah. You know, where mm-hmm. it's like conservative Bible Belt places right. are still buying the DVDs. Thank God. Or they just, I guess they don't have internet access. That, well, that could be the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyhow, what movie um, should one check out? Gosh, I think it would be, it's so funny because my most successful movie, um, like both financially and award-wise, is not my favorite, which would be Emma Marks. My favorite movie would probably still be Torn, which was, I believe, uh, maybe the second movie I directed, the second feature I ever directed. And it was just seamless from start to finish. And to say that coming, you know, having done so many more features since then where it's like you lose the lead the day before, you know, it's just the constant struggle to just make it happen. Right. Nothing went wrong with that production. And it, it, I just am really proud of it. Yeah, we. I think we've come. My team has come a long way since then, but it's still it's close to my heart. Right. What's one. the story about? It's about a man who. I mean, it's pretty much an age old tale. It's about a man who cheats on his wife with a younger woman, but it it's taken from the perspective of empathizing with all of them. So mm-hmm. we empathize with the younger woman. We empathize with the man and the wife. So like nobody's a bad guy really, and how that manifests and how it turns out, which you know, I won't give it away or anything if anybody wants to buy the DVD. <laughs> God forbid, but, you pay for something. I, <laughs> right, right, please pay for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I, I just, I've always been fascinated by infidelity and, you know, what makes people do what they do. Right. But I don't think that there's a lot of movies out there that really focus on the other woman or the man doing the cheating unless it's in a negative way instead of trying to see maybe why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Do you ever wonder if this whole fidelity thing is just this strange social construct of society? 100%. Because human beings are kind of not real, especially men, are not really programmed to be faithful. And sometimes I wonder if we're asking the impossible of a lot of people. And then, you know, we we punish and we slut shame people who fall outside of that category of the way that we think you should behave. And... For example, with with women being slut shamed, I I understand in a way, kind of where it came from. You know, back before there was birth control, and right. back before there was you know women's rights. If women went, you know, let's think about it from a tribal perspective. Let's go way back, right? So <laughs> yeah. if a woman went out and was very promiscuous and had a lot of children by a lot of different men, that would be something that the it would be difficult for the tribe to support because yes. women are able to give life. But now that's not the case. Right. You know, we have birth control. We have ways of preventing that. So why are we still so afraid of female sexuality and why are we still so hung up on that? It, it is terrifying to think about. the. It's funny because I was talking to my friend from Australia today and she's like, you know, America is really the only culture that really is so heavily involved in the lives of other people and what they do in the bedroom or what their choices are. That's true. And it, it's she's like, this never happens in Australia. Like, we don't sit there and judge anybody for having 50 partners. Right. It's just, there's so much of a focus here because we're such a puritanical society. And right. 
it's unfortunate because there are so many bigger things going on in the world than what some who's having sex with who or any of that. It's just it's it's completely irrelevant. It, it's funny because we are so puritanical, but we are also one of the biggest consumers, consumers of, of porn. porn. I know, and that's why because we're so repressed. I yes. mean, we are so repressed as a culture. Yeah, it's insane. Speaking of, I know this isn't Australia, but it's next door. Have you seen that uh, video clip uh, of New Z- in New Zealand where I think it's the Minister of Treasury got hit in the face with a dildo in the middle of a speech? <laughs> I think somebody sent me this, but I don't know if I watched oh the whole thing. Oh, my God. It's brilliant. I was crying with what, what had he done? I don't know. I love that that was the choice of weapon. I'm not really. Yeah. So it actually girl, hurt somebody, though. So this girl's threw a dildo at the Minister of Treasury treasury i'm sure i'm saying his title completely wrong (laughs) but it so it bounces off of his face and onto the floor and john oliver did this whole thing about it because so not only did she not get shot which because that right that's think about if you'd done that to a politician here secret service would shoot you in the head yeah and not only so was she not killed but she wasn't charged with anything and the politician took to Twitter and kind of made fun of himself and said, awesome. all right, John Oliver, like have your way with this. Yes. Like, get it over with knowing that John Oliver would pick up on it and make fun of it. Of I guess that he'd been going on this whole thing with New Zealand because they want to change the flag. And I don't know. It had been the subject of a couple so of shows. So it wasn't even a sexual. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know the reason that she threw the dildo <laughs> okay. at him, to be honest. Right. But so John Oliver took that and just made this whole thing about it. But I just love the fact that, she wasn't charged, and New Zealand laughed about it. Exactly. They were like, this is really They don't silly. take themselves seriously, and no. I don't know why we do. I don't know either. It's really odd. I mean, culturally, I'm not sure how we became this way, but it's... I think, um, I think I wonder if it has something to do with us being thinking that we're this big superpower, which we're sort of not anymore. No. And that, that kind of fragile ego that comes with that. Right. You know, and that sense of pride that's so easily hurt. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we're we very, get defensive and yes, help us all. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so sad, but true. So do you consider yourself a, because people ask me this all the time and I'm always like, I don't know. So I sort of hate this question, but I'm going to ask you. Oh anyway. God, I probably hate it too. If do you, you consider yourself a feminist director? And what do you think that that even means? Because I don't even. Well, it's such a, okay, so there's so, this is such a multifaceted question. I mean, I will say that I am a feminist, but I think that most women innately are. I just, Mm -hmm. um, and because of how I was raised, you know, my, my dad used to put me in a shirt that said anything boys can do, girls can do better. So I always believed that I was, it was cool. And I mean, like, I can remember, too, when I was in first grade, I was like, I want to be a doctor. And this boy was like, you can't be a doctor. You're a girl. You can be a nurse. And I told my dad, and he's like, that is absolutely not. Like, he was just like, no, like, never depend on a man. Like, don't let a man ever talk to you. So it was always drilled in my head. So for me, it's just a way of life and thinking that I'm absolutely equal to a male. And I don't feel in any capacity that I am not capable of succeeding every bit as much as of a man can. Um, And so I think that what comes with that is that, yes, that's a very feminist perspective, but I don't go into my movies going, I am a feminist. I mean, obviously, if people ask me, I'm like, sure, but it's not this 
thing. I mean, it's just part of who I am. It's mm-hmm. how I was raised. So yeah. what is feminist filmmaking? I mean, I think it's any woman that believes that women are equal to men producing content, however the hell she feels like producing it. Right. Whether it be, because a lot of people will think it's anti-feminist to shoot a gangbang because right. they somehow feel a woman isn't capable of enjoying one. Right. And that pisses me the fuck off because, yeah. you know, maybe it's not for me, but it might be for you or somebody else. And Who's to say? I mean, again, it's once again people dictating how one person should feel or what's acceptable and what's not for a gender. Yeah, I agree. When I find that when people ask me, don't you think porn is degrading to women? It instantly infuriates me because you're automatically assuming the woman is a victim. You're, you're putting her, you're pigeonholing her into that category. Yep. Well, She's she's a victim because she can't make decisions for herself. Right. She must have gotten into the industry because she was bullied or she was pushed or she felt she had no viable option. Yep. And she really doesn't want to be there. So when she's having sex with men, she's being degraded. Mm-hmm. Because you don't see people out there clamoring for the rights of men in no. the and, adult industry. And they and often saying get like, marginalized. Oh my God. Yeah, you know, we're being... Um, you know, men are being degraded in porn yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And of course, I recognize that the amount of porn that is, you know, femdom, so say per se, actually intending to degrade men because that's the sexual fetish that they're going yeah, after of small penis humiliation, yeah. that kind of pegging, whatever, that kind of thing. There's a lot more of porn that's quote unquote degrading to women or a woman's being dominated just because. The audience, there's a wider male audience. Of course, yeah. You know, and, and that's what they're, um, and so that they want to see But women. It's, it's baffling to me that they make the assumption, though, that a woman is incapable of making a decision that she's the victim if she comes in at 18. But if a man does, he's fully emotionally capable of making decisions. Like, right. it, it's, it's sexist in and of itself to right. say that it's degrading to women. Exactly, that's how I feel. I, I just don't, yeah, I don't understand that mentality. And, and that's not to say that there are some people that did have abuse and, you know, but you're going to find those people everywhere. everywhere. It's just we get blamed for it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I um, I definitely feel that. And also, too, you know, when women are participating in scenes where a woman is being dominated by a man, I mean, personally, in my own personal life, I love being dominated. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that yeah. in the bedroom. Yes. And I think for me, because I'm a strong woman in my day-to-day life and because I'm a boss and a lot of people work for me and I'm always giving direction and I'm making decisions and I run my own company and all that kind of stuff. When I'm in bed and I'm having sex, I want to flip that. I don't want to make any decisions. Absolutely. I want you to make all the decisions. I want you to tell me what to do. There's just some sort of personal release in that. Yes. And I don't know why we can't accept that and see that sex is sex is so different to everyday life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like a whole different side of all of us. The dimension, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole different dimension and it's something that is explored in porn and I think that so many people feel threatened by that because they themselves are not sexually comfortable with their own thoughts and their own feelings and... For sure. You know, and for example, we so often see the people who rally against porn so frequently are the ones that are consuming it. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. I was just like, a tweet <laughs> <Ted> with incest. <laughs> Yeah, so for those of people who don't know this, and if you don't know this, you live under a rock, Ted Cruz recently on his profile liked a Reality Kings porn video. Though, did he come out and say... He, he I, came out and talked about it, didn't he? Because I did. wondered to myself, 
was his assistant maybe running his pro his Twitter and, and they I, and, liked and it? that could be the case. I mean, I'm not I, look because of him and, and how busy I'm sure he is. It wouldn't surprise me if it was somebody else. Um, but I, I and when I watched him, he did he did blame the assistant, and it might actually be the assistant. But still, they're all working under a very conservative group. Yes, and that person is still liking it under a conservative profile. They're yeah. still looking at that content, dude. How fired is that? If it <laughs> was great. the assistant, how fired is that assistant? He's so fired. He's so fired. although props to Ted Cruz if he doesn't fire him. Yeah, says hey, you know whatever it's porn. Yeah, but I doubt that would happen. Yeah, <laughs> but I can always dream, right? Yeah, yeah. That that always that kind of made me laugh. Yeah. Um. So what about uh? What what future plans do you have? You have any? Actually, you know what? I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about that Showtime okay. movie that you did with Paul Fishbein. Yeah, because that looked. I saw a trailer for it, and it looked beautiful, beautifully shot. I talked to a couple of stars that were in it, uh-huh. and you know, they just said that it was such a fantastic experience. And how did how did that go? That looked like a really big, intensive project. Something that I would be so intimidated to do. It was. You know what's so funny is that I'm so used to working on no money because porn is free. Right, Mike Quasar. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> we all quote Mike Quasar yes. when that comes up. It's so funny. I know because he's. I know. I just, he needs oh. to make his own line of shirts and yes. actually get some money off of that because I feel like people would buy that. I would totally buy that. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, so it was intimidating because I'm used to working with no budget. And still, it was very low budget, but it was substantially higher than what I'm used than to. Than what we're used to, right? Yeah. And Sometimes when I talk to my mainstream friends and I tell them the budgets that we work on, yeah. they're like, what? Yes. My, I can't believe it's, it. It's like, it's so funny. I posted looking for a writer and my mainstream lit manager was like, oh, I have somebody that could maybe help you. What do you pay? And I was like, um, it's like $200. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And I was like... Oh, no, and that's a lot, <laughs> like, for, you know, a, yeah. sh- a short script. Yeah. But, um, so when I got to set, I was very intimidated on the first day because there was, like, a gaffer and, you know, gaffing assistants and all these people. There was, like, a catering person, and it was just so many people, and people were on walkie-talkies, and I'm just like, oh, wow, I'm used to having a crew of three people, and there Same. were, like, 20. Same. And it's, yeah, it's, so it was very... <laughs> I remember, uh, like, trying to figure out how the walkie-talkies worked. <laughs> Because I did a show for Playboy TV. I had my own PA who got me lattes because I was the host. It was so weird. It's great. Yeah, they had walkie-talkies, and they're like, here you go. I'm like, I don't know how this works. How do I do this? This is weird. And they say stuff like, go for Dave. And and I'm like, why are you talking about gophers? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's just it's a different world, and I mean, and and you think about it, like that's not even the budget that's like on a Game of Thrones or something. I mean, right. that's just can you imagine? No, I can't. I I I don't know if I would survive on something like that because no. it's too much. It's but, too much. But it was a great experience, and I loved it. And it was I learned so much because I, you know, I think a lot of the stuff I took from adult, I was able to translate there, like knowing how to do a budget and contracts and casting. I mean, just because I still had to do all the same stuff mm-hmm. in prep. Mm-hmm. So I think I had that to my advantage, but it was it was a very difficult process. We're moving into season two. It has been even more difficult. And I thought, oh, it'll be easier the second time around because I know no, because then there's just a whole new slew of challenges that you have to face. And are they expecting more? Uh, yeah, they are expecting more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about this show because I'll be honest, I haven't seen it. It's I okay. I have Showtime. So, oh, don't say that though. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's I yeah, I don't either. I only have HBO for <laughs> Game of Thrones and that's about it. Oh, <laughs> I still have to watch that show. I'm like the only person I know. What? 
What? I know. Everybody tells me to watch this. It's so good. That's what everybody says. I feel like I would love it. But I wish almost that I had never seen it so I could go back and I could enjoy it for, for the, the first, first time, time again. Ugh. I feel that way about Breaking Bad. I which couldn't was, get into oh, the show. Oh, you got to get through the first season. It's so I did terrible. get through the first season. You I think did? I got to the third and I just was like, what? Hey. The third was the best season. <laughs> oh, my God. I, oh, my God. I couldn't yes. get into the characters. <gasps> I just wasn't. Oh, you're breaking my heart here. I'm sorry. I don't Am know. I breaking Holly? it badly. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> right, I can't help it. But you got to add that in post. Like, I know, right? <laughs> I got to get my sound drops, my yes. stupid cheesy yes. drum rolls and clip. Oh god, to I elevate. Hate. Yes. Oh, I hate that shit. Ugh, yeah, it's terrible. Um, no, but the show is about. Uh, you know, it's very similar to the submission memo marks, which I did in adult, and that's the reason why. Uh, Showtime kind of asked me to come in and do something in that same vein, but uh, on a more mainstream, air, air quotes, mainstream, because it's still late night. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about a girl's journey into a BDSM relationship, but there's a lot more twists and turns. It's very soap opera-y, I mm-hmm. guess, is the mm-hmm. best way to describe it. Do you have any personal um, like BDSM experience at all? I don't. I mean, and it's not even anything that even remotely interests me. So it's fascinating. When I started writing with BDSM stuff, I did so much research and talked to so many people because I really don't. It's it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. So I was in a BDSM relationship um, years ago, and it was fantastic. I learned really? so much. And, and what I really liked about it and, and what I like about shooting BDSM scenes is that there's a kind of intellectual foreplay. Of course. As well as the sexual foreplay. It's not that you just go in, you Whips suck in the dick, and then you go doggy in reverse and cowgirl <laughs> and missionary. You know what I mean? You just kind of go like paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's a... There's like so much more to it. There's up. this power exchange yeah. that happens, and there's these this role playing that happens. So there's so much more. I find it much more interesting and much richer. Oh, for sure. And the fact that like I think you know it's so funny because people always insult people in the BDSM lifestyle, and I'm like, people in those relationships actually, if you could translate some of the components of that into a just an air quotes normal relationship you'd have so much success because there's so much communication that yes. goes on and, you know, honesty and, and, and setting boundaries, which nobody does that in regular relationships. No. They, you know, yeah, it, it's so there's a lot to be gained from it. And I think uh, it's just for me, like in terms of like restraints and blindfolds and those various things, like it's, that's not really of interest to me. I'm mm-hmm. more of a role play person, but that's so for me, it was interesting ride to learn about it and talk to people that were really into it. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised by, with my with my relationship, you know, my boyfriend at the time was very much about communication and, and yes. bringing things up that I was like, I've never talked about this kind of stuff before. Right. And, and, and setting boundaries and, and trying to explain to me how the submissive one was actually the one with In all power, the power. Of course. Because that was the person who called the shots yep. and established the boundaries. And I had never thought about it in that way. Yeah. It's yeah. it's so interesting that and and most people don't know that you right. know they think oh this poor submissive being abused right no <laughs> but the submissive is the one that, that all the shots exactly yeah. yeah how so when you shoot what's your directing style like do you shoot camera as well or do you have people shooting camera and you sit back do you, are you are the cameras attached to a mod I'm always curious yeah. about how other people direct because I feel like my method is 
kind of fly by What's the your seat method? of my pants sometimes. Oh, well, I think that's most of us. Right? <laughs> um, well, I generally shoot second camera because I don't usually have a budget for two camera shooters. Uh-huh. Uh, though on some of the movies, I have had two camera shooters so I can sit back and direct. I don't have them fed into a big monitor that I watch because I can't seem to figure that shit out and I don't know like the right equipment for that. Yeah. So I just walk back and forth behind each one and, and look at their screens on their um on their camera and but usually I'm shooting second camera and I'm shooting the close cam. So the wide cam's pretty much established. That one doesn't move too much anyways. Sure. And so I'm the one who's generally picking Getting the little bits and bobs. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, so I'm not, uh, the thing is, I am not a visual director in any capacity. I am 100% story. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why my goal is always to find the best DP I can. Okay. So at New Sensations, I had that with Eddie Powell and Paul Woodcrest were shooting for me. And they're just, I mean, to me, unmatched. They're just amazing. And they're, they So the DP would also be shooting camera, right? Yes. Yeah. So he is like, he's basically the DP and first camera. And then we have a second camera guy. Yeah, I was going to say, because I was like, there's, do you? really have a budget for a oh god on are you kidding me no like, porn is free i know um, i was are. like wait how did that how did you get that <laughs> i want that oh no 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 but um now with with sweet center mile high um so i do have a monitor and i have two camera guys you know one getting the wide one getting the closes um but for me and and i'm i'm looking to make sure things are in focus and that the compositions of the shots look great but what i'm really looking at is is the performance believable to me can I get the most out of them? Because to me, at the end of the day, no matter how beautiful it's shot, if the story fails, then it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's where the priority is. And that's where my skill really lies more in that than painting these gorgeous pictures, which I wish I could do, but I just, it's not my brain and it's not how my brain works. So are you more involved in the dialogue and the story part at the beginning? And then when the sex starts, are you very. My, do you micromanage that as well? No. Or are you just kind of like, all right, good, do your thing. You guys are pros. You know what you're doing. Well, I don't say that. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Like with the dialogue, yes, I'm on it. I'm like, you know, stop. I always am trying to break them of their actor habits because I come from an acting background. I acted for about 30 years before getting into adult. So for me, I'm very, very nitpicky on them. But with the sex, I, what I do is I have a conversation with them beforehand. And I'm like, this is what I'm trying to achieve. Like you guys want each other so badly but you know it's wrong, whatever the context of the right. scene is. Like, I paint the picture, and then I tell them, I do not want to have to cut or stop at all. Right. Because I don't like to interrupt the flow. I agree. I feel the same way. It's just, yeah, because then it becomes very staged. And, I mean, I know a lot of people have made a lot of money off of doing that, but mm-hmm. I just don't find it interesting. <laughs> we know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I think we do. <laughs> but you know what I mean, where I'm like, yeah. okay, and now she's caressing the child. I mean, I'm just like, come on, just yeah. let them do what they want to do. And they are pros, usually. Those yes. are the people I hire. But right. yeah, I mean, I don't, I want them to enjoy themselves because at the end of the day, like that is what they're in the business for is as performers. And a lot of them love doing the features because they get to do something else as well. Right. So before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about um, your threshold of patience for divas and non-divas. And so so you really, so if a girl's more than 15 minutes late, you won't hire her? Yeah, unless the interstate was closed down or there was like, you know, because to me when people come to me and they go, well, it's LA traffic. I'm like, right, so you fucking plan an hour. I mean, I... I, I've been late to set once and it was because of that exact reason. And the girl was late too. And everybody knew it was all over the news that like one of the highways was shut down because there was a fatality 
but like that doesn't happen every day. Mm-hmm. And so if it's if it's an extenuating circumstance like that, I will absolutely understand because mm-hmm. I do look when they tell me. I always go on MapQuest and I'm like, it doesn't show any red on the 101. You just left late. Mm-hmm. And I also look at their Twitter activity. I mean, I'm basically a very type A. I'm like, oh, they were tweeting or they were tweeting at 4 a.m. And now they have to be here at 8 a.m. They probably crashed. They just woke up. It's all that. Like my mind is just, you know, and it's sad, but it's, I just don't have the patience for uh, people being unprofessional. And what I hate most about this industry is that nobody holds people accountable. I do. But Mm -hmm. most, you know, the girl that's two hours late still gets hired, no problem. So there's no accountability. But for me, you are more than 15 minutes late and there wasn't some major, major reason why you will never be hired by me again. End of story. And and that's why my shoots tend to go seamlessly minus, you know, the unforeseen circumstance of a health issue or what, you know, things like that. Right, right. Yeah, there is one model who I shot for, I shot once. And she was two hours late to set. Oh. And when I called her, and she was the only person I was shooting that day because it oh, was like a no. centerfold shoot. Yeah. And when I called her, she was like, oh, I'm on my way, but, you know, I'm going to drop my car off at the garage. or something. I'm like, no, no you're, you're not. not. You're going to get here right now. What do you mean? And so when she showed up, she was like, oh, well, I thought you knew most people know that with me, you got to tell me that my call time is two hours earlier than it is. No. And I was just like, are you serious? Good luck getting a job when you leave adult. And she was like, yeah, that's just my thing. Like, everybody knows. I thought you knew. I'm like, why don't you just show up at the time that you were supposed right. to Right. Why don't you just, up? if your call time's why eight, do, why don't you get up at six and do your fucking errands? Why do, wait, I don't understand why I have to lie to you and tell you that it's two hours if you know everyone's lying to you about the two hours, then, like, it just blew my mind. And so, and she's a great actress, and she's somebody I would love to shoot again, but I can't no. do that. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, too, is that a lot of these locations, not only is it... You're charged. ...of serious lack of respect for my time and yes. my crew's You time, and your crew, yes. But, yeah, we often pay by the hour. So yes. you just cost me 300 bucks. Yes. Well, not just 300 your time as well right. for everybody on the crew. Right. So right. it's not just the location, it's your time, it's your yeah. yeah. And the makeup so, artist. Yeah, and I was just like I don't and then so anyhow I saw her at the Expos Awards and she had gone up on stage and she had um and this was the one. <laughs> I think I, I know who this is, but I yes, will. We'll yeah, we won't after say because no. I do really like her. Mm. Like, but I just I can't work with her if she's going to be two hours late. I just yeah. can't. I just can't. So, um, yeah, it was when Ron Jeremy was hosting, uh-huh. and I love Expos. I love those guys like so much. They've always been so good to me. But Ron Jeremy was not the best choice. I, was, I don't even remember when that was. I'm, when was that? Like last it year? Was, I think it was last year. He okay. was so just reading off the teleprompter, which I could see, which was right there. Not into it. Didn't give Ugh. a shit. That's terrible. Like just phoning it in. And the whole show was kind of awkward. And she came on and she was great. She had an electric stage of presence. Of course, yeah. And she brought up the audience. And I was like, God, you are amazing. So I said to her afterwards, and I go... You should host the Expos yeah. Ex- Awards. You are fantastic. She goes, I know. She's like, I should. She's like, but they won't hire me because they know, you know, I'm always I'm gonna late. be late. Yeah. 
I'm like, girl, why don't you I don't not be late? I, 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 like, I don't understand that. You could that. have such a career yeah. if you could just be on time. And yeah. whatever, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, if that's your thing. Half an like, hour is the most, I know yeah. you won't deal with it, but yeah. like, I'll put up 30 with that. minutes isn't the and worst, most though. most people will put up with it, but two hours. Two hours is unacceptable. That's unacceptable. We had a girl, uh, not on my set, but... Um, uh, th- that she no showed, and then like everybody was there. So when you no show, what what people might not know is that you still have to pay for the location, and the other people don't get paid. They don't get paid until the scene is done. Yeah. So if they drove an hour and that girl no shows, they drove an hour and then they have to drive about hour home, zero money. She then tweets like five hours later because she was on a coke binge, I guess, and she proceeds to say. I've had such a horrible day. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Like, yeah. no. Do you know who's had a horrible day? The people that got up at 5 a.m. to be here on time. Yeah. So I will never hire her. I'll tell you her name after. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had... Okay, so if we're, if we're just going to talk about bad experiences recently. <laughs> I actually can't even remember this girl's name. Otherwise, I would call her out because I'm never going to hire her again. So yeah. anyhow, she I was supposed to book her for a scene. And I guess she was supposed to fly in the night, the day before the scene. Okay. Right? And I got a text at 3 a.m. from her agent, and I was asleep because I'm a normal person who keeps normal hours. And so when I woke up at 6, I saw it saying, um, so-and-so said that we thought she was flying in yesterday, but I guess she wasn't. She missed her flight, and now it's or like her flight's delayed, and then they canceled it, and then the next one canceled. She's trying to get on a flight, but she doesn't think she's going to make it in time for the scene mm-hmm. and i'm like that's so weird because i was on her twitter yesterday because i was looking for her measurements and she tweeted about how she was in santa monica enjoying this book yep so she's in la yeah and she fully lied to you yep and i screen capped the tweet and i sent it to them and they just freaked out of they course. were like oh my god why do they not do that dil- like like that that's their due diligence i <laughs> right? think where, why would you not say, well, actually, and, and how are you so stupid that if you're going to make up that lie and say you missed your flight, which, A, is a bad lie because anybody can fact check that, but yeah. why go on Twitter, you moron? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Also, too, and it's like, the, did you just not feel like coming to set? It was an easy girl-girl yeah, girl for twisties. Wow. Like, it was a girl-girl scene? Yeah, it was a girl-girl scene oh, for twisties. You wouldn't on. have been there more than four hours. It's easy money. Like, really? She had a better book to read. <laughs> At least she reads. Well, she was a. Um, she, I actually went on her website, and she's she's a hooker on the side. Oh, um, actually, well that that is that that is that that is definitely the challenge. Because yeah. when they get a higher paying hooking job, right? Sure. It's funny actually. My boyfriend said the other day. He goes, he goes. You only call them hookers when they're dead. When they're alive, they're escorts. <laughs> that is. Absolutely true. And I was like, I never thought about that, but that's kind of oh, true. That's hilarious. But when you're, or like when you're talking about them in a political sense, they're sex workers. I don't know. It was just kind of funny, like yeah. all the different like terms that oh, we use. Oh, for sure. And I personally am actually not against prostitution at all. I'm not I think either. it should be legalized. Yes. So it can be regulated. It can be safe. Um, it's the oldest profession in the world. That's like yes. actually my mother used to always say. Um, I've always felt that prostitution should be legalized. So Agreed. I am not trying to like shame girls no, who, but I, who prostitute at all. But it's, you know. Well, I think that the, the, the detriment to that is that the money is so much better in yes. prostitution. So, But I think what they need to do, which is kind of like what Spiegler does, which is not, not with this sort of thing, but like if he gets a, a booking with somebody who's willing to pay three times the rate for, you know, because it's a better, you know, more uh, money bag company, I guess you could say. But 
he he won't cancel the girl from the person who's paying less. He yeah. just will work out a deal with the other company. Right. Hey, can you shoot her this day or whatever? Yeah. And so it's like with an escorting gig, something like that, why can't they just tell that client, you know what, I have a commitment, but I can see you tonight. I mean, it's just, I don't understand. Like, there's no sense of loyalty at all. Yeah. And the thing is, like, a lot of these girls would not even be well-known and get these clients if they didn't do adult. And that's right. why a lot of them do it. But, yeah. you know, well, not a lot. But th- that is how some of the girls get Yeah, because the you get notoriety. a bigger name, you get yes. your name out there. And everybody and then, wants to be with and they, X. Yeah, yeah, and they want to hire you. And this girl was not a big name at all. Oh, really? No, no, no. I'd never heard of her until Twisties asked me to shoot her. Interesting. Um, but I, I have to say I was really impressed. I was actually kind of really impressed by her website because she calls herself a sensuality coach. And uh, she had a very professional-looking website and very, like, talked about what she did. And I was like, this yeah. this is the, like, best-looking prostitution <laughs> website I've ever seen. And, like, the way that she talked about herself and the verbiage that she used, I was, I was is impressive. Okay, that's I was good. Impressed. I have to say. I wish she'd showed up to set, but um, I was impressed by what she'd done. By her and, website. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she has another career if the escorting thing doesn't work out. Yeah, good luck with that because I'm never going to book you. Yeah, I need to know her name too. <laughs> yeah, I'm straight up. <laughs> and here, here's another thing too that a lot of girls don't think about. We producers talk oh, to yeah. each other. 100%. So if you're a pain in the ass, yep. if you're a no-show, yeah. if you're late, we tell each other. Yes. So you are very much um, losing the opportunity to work in a lot of high-end Correct. shoots because, you know, you and me and... And people like Kieran and Dean yep. Capture, and we all work in the more higher end mainstream stuff. Yep. So we're we, we talk have bigger budgets. We have you know um, we have a bigger crew. We have a bigger responsibility to our clients. Yep. To produce. So when you are no show for us, it's a big deal. It's yes. not like me and a camera guy that right. rented a cheap hotel room for a few hours. Yeah. So if you don't show up, nobody it's no cares big about deal. your opinion. Yeah. yeah it's right. Just. Yeah, it's it is interesting. I mean, and I can't tell you how many times there will be a girl that I want to hire, and I ask usually a male performer that mm-hmm. I trust, yes. and then other directors. And yeah, if they say she's nuts, then she's on my permanent no list after yeah. that. I mean, yeah, yeah, because word gets out. That's why I hire the same people over and over again. It's, I wish it's I great. could hire the same people over and over again. I really wish I could, but you know, Twisties is my main client and they always want new, new. girls, which I understand. You know what I of mean? Course. They're trying to market, they're trying to pull in new members. And you can find gems, but it's it's rare. You can find gems, yeah, for sure. But a lot of them are not. <laughs> yeah, you got to get through like nine bad ones to find the one gem. Yeah, and I just like, I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. But it's yeah. funny, you know, this whole MILF revolution. I actually really enjoy shooting MILF. Oh, they're great. And I love shooting MILF movies because MILFs have their shit together. They have their shit together and they want to be there and they love sex. Yes. It's, I love MILF. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't agree. think there's a MILF I don't like. I agree because they're yeah. older. So they, they, they're Mature. more comfortable with who they are. Yes. They know what they like sexually. Yes. And they have their shit together. They're they on often, time. Yes, they're on time. They have great wardrobe. They do. They often have corporations, so I don't have to pay workers' comp on them. Yes. Which is also a good thing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just all that kind of stuff. They come, they've memorized their lines. They've read the script. Yeah. Which I remember Cherie DeVille. I was doing oh, a movie for Digital. Pl- uh, who doesn't love yeah, Cherie? No, nobody does. Love Everyone loves Cherie. Yeah. Cherie came to set. I was shooting her for a movie, uh, Flesh 2, for Digital Playground. 
And not only did she have the script, but she had it printed out. She had it in a three-ring binder. She yep. had tabs for different, like, scenes. She tabbed it. She'd highlighted her. I mean, it was so organized. I couldn't believe it. It's great. And she was like, what? This is how I always work. I'm I like, love I want to work you for everything. I know. You're like, can I just only shoot the line with Cherie? Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's just like the Cherie DeVille line, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. They're great. It's so funny how there's such a drastic difference between the MILFs and then the new girls. Mm -hmm. But, you know, my thing is, you know, if the girl is... Sorry for saying it. If the girl's been in the business for years, you can usually depend on them. There's those rare exceptions, like you said, but... Mm -hmm. Most of them, if they've been around this long, it's usually they're they're professional. It's, yes. it's the new ones that you just it's sort of a crapshoot, and you just hope. Yeah, because they they've stayed in the industry because they like it. Yeah, exactly. And they keep getting hired because they're professional, yes. and people want to work with them. Yes. So they have that longevity. Yes. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a question for you, and now it just completely <sighs> flew out of my brain, and I cannot remember what it is. Do you have any? nightmare stories from set or like one really funny incident or some kind of story that you tell all the time um oh i mean i have a nightmare story but i, I it's not funny so i don't know about that but uh <laughs> it'll it's be even funny in retrospect or is it no. still too fresh it's it's not too fresh but it still incenses me and i'm like you know i'm half sicilian and mm-hmm. i'm plotting my long game of revenge on that i just don't know how i'm gonna get it i'll tell you when we aren't on the air okay. but yes and it was just because i feel like i'm such an ethical by the book person Mm -hmm. and this person accused me of something that I didn't do. I have five witnesses to that, and, and yeah, it was pretty disgusting and horrible. But, I mean, in terms of, like, crazy stories, I mean, not really because I'm hiring the pros, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I did have a girl once – uh, I was trying to shoot content on my own, which is something that I don't think I can do anymore. I have to work for a a studio. But Mm -hmm. it was a romance scene which to me is really the easiest damn thing you can do in a boy girl. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Mm-hmm. She gets her, I won't kiss. I mean, it's like, well, what do you say to that? I'm like, oh, but you'll eat his ass because she would do that. Did she have a boyfriend <laughs> and no. that was why? No, she didn't okay. like kissing in general. And I thought to myself, God, you know, it's my, as a director, it's my shortcoming that I didn't ask. But for me, I think, God, it's you know, romance assume, is easy. Yeah, you assume well, you're eating ass, you're going to kiss. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I, why am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. I'm just <laughs> laughing because I totally relate. I'm just like, wow. I mean, well, it's more intimate. I'm like, it's pretty fucking intimate sticking your face in an ass. Yeah. I'm sorry. It is yeah. intimate. Yeah. And yeah, so it was extremely awkward. And she eventually said she would because I was like, I can't shoot the scene then. But it was clearly like it was the she whole was, recoiling. To. Yeah. And uh, it was a very attractive male performer, too. Yeah. So it wasn't like... You know, so you could definitely sense that there was no passion in the scene, and it, I'm, yeah. it probably it's a, didn't it never went and it never came out. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, no, that much. Yeah, it was that bad. bad. Yeah, I mean, she was stunning and she was really pretty. I just, yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, she's not in the business anymore. It's, it's yeah. these stories. You, you usually don't have these stories about people who've been here for five years, right? Right. Yeah, it's she's not in the business. She That's was in and out in like six months, like a lot of the new girls. Yeah. Um, so, like I said at the beginning, uh, you and I are kind of unusual. There are not that many female directors in the industry. Do you feel that it's easier or it's more difficult to be a female director in porn? 
I think the hardest thing for me, honestly, was the vehemence in which I faced when I got into the business from other women directors. Mm. Um, you know, there was because you came from mainstream, right? I did, and I mean, I, I think it's just. Do you I, mean sorry, other female directors in this industry? Yes. Or, okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah, I mean, Dana Vespoli was the one just true gem that was just always nice to me and always great. Mm-hmm. But I, I was shocked at how much just hatred was spewed in my direction from people I never even met. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of it being difficult as a woman, no. I do think, though, there's still those restrictions on how the content should be shot. And it still is more from a male perspective in the sense that I've asked and wanted to shoot where a scene ended with a woman's orgasm and not the man's, but mm-hmm. the scene always has to end with a man coming, no matter what, any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. it drives me crazy because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not always how it works out in real life and why is the male orgasm more important for whatever reason, mm-hmm. especially since my content isn't really, you know, men aren't really... I have a lot of man men that watch my stuff, but they are watching it because it's a little different than the mm-hmm. Gonzo stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's still this, these requirements. So I think that's the only thing. It's, it's not, it doesn't make it difficult. It's just frustrating because it's... Do you think that it's because, like, the male cum shot is a visual... Probably. Is like a visual kind of wrap-up oh, because you don't really see the women. I mean, unless she's a big squirter. You don't Urinator? generally see. <laughs> oh, yeah. Urination. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Actually, that's kind of a good segue. But b- before we get into that, I want to wrap up this thought because, yeah, um, yeah squirting is a big controversy oh, in our industry. Uh, <laughs> I can see you feel very passionate oh, yes, about I it. Oh, yes, I do. I do. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's – you're right. It might just be the visual aspect, and I get it. I mean, I don't have a problem with it ending with the man's orgasm, but I just think it would be interesting if there could be some more dynamic things that don't always have to end that the same way every single time. Right. I shot a scene with Mick Blue and Gina Valentina for my website, actually. It hasn't come out yet. Uh-huh. But he did something at the end, which I'd never seen before, which was very different. And you know how when you've been working in the porn industry for a very long time? I've been doing this for 19 years. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, I'm so old. Um, and I'd never seen this before. And it's hard what to reinvent it? the wheel yeah, in porn. It, yes, it is. You yes, know? yes. So he came on her, mm-hmm. and then he went down on her, and then he made her come. And that's when the scene ended. That is amazing. I was like, this is so... You're like, this has never happened. This has never happened before. And then like, yeah. And then the scene ended. I'm like... That's great. Mick, you're You're amazing. This is why you're the performer of the year for three years in a row. Yeah. 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 I was so impressed. I'd never seen that before. So yeah, that was one instance. And it wasn't even my idea. Right. I mean, but when they can do that... And I think it's like the Mick Blues, the remotes, that they constant... And Tony Rebus, they always deliver. Mm -hmm. And I think it's no surprise that they're also not American. Yes, that's a the good European point. European men really get it in a yeah. way that American men, it's like they don't even play with the boobs. Like I notice like a lot of times like the boobs are always ignored and it's like I have to tell them, touch the breast, suck the boob, play with the boob. It's huh. very weird. I, watch it next time because okay, yeah, it's like I'm they just go to... right for the pussy. Yeah. And it's, it's like, why aren't you, your breasts are great. Like I yeah. want to play with them. Like you should want to play. Yeah. But, Don't you think it's like, do you feel like it comes kind of robotic for them? Yes. They yeah. Just, because it's so like used oral to. and then oral again. And then yeah. first position, second, third. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Which, and I don't know why the Europeans can sort of sustain that level of like, like could be that dynamic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but I think Europeans in general have a different view of sex and can maybe find things sexy even after they've done it 8,000 times. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think also too the European guys are um, take the take pills a lot less than American guys do. Yeah, I mean I've never noticed them doing that. So yeah. I haven't either. Though they don't, they they're usually like, oh, well, how I can usually tell if someone's gonna take something before the scene. They're like, let me know fifteen minutes yes, before the scene. Of I need to go into the bathroom to freshen up. I'm like, no, you do. Yeah. Okay. Take your Viagra. Do. Enjoy yeah. it. Take your or shoot up your dick. Whatever you do. Yeah. Yeah. That. Which is yes. not fun. No. No. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know because a lot of people listen to my podcast are not in the industry some guys do shoot their dicks up before they do a scene what do they shoot it up with Haverjack, i think it's from mexico i don't think it's legal in the u.s yeah i think they get it from mexico um and it makes their dicks like insanely hard and they don't go down after they come right and sometimes the girls complain that actually can be uncomfortable because their dick is so hard yeah that it's like painful that's the, uh, I think, the ramifications of doing Viagra for too many years and then yes. they can't respond to it anymore, which is sad. But yeah. Yeah. It's got to be tough. I mean, I, yep. I always feel that guys aren't given the credit that they no. should be given yeah. because a lot of times they carry the scene. They do. And, you know, it's easy for, it can be easy for the woman, you know, just throw some coconut oil down there and spread your legs. You're like, I'm ready. Yeah. But the guy's actually got to be able to perform. The girl doesn't actually have to perform. No, I mean it would be great if she does, and yeah. those are always well, the best. If she does, it's like thank you for participating. Yeah, but I mean I think like the guys actually, I mean especially like the romance scene, he still stayed hard, and she's like I don't like to kiss, I don't like to. I mean, yeah. what's a bigger wood killer than I don't want to really be doing this scene? Yes, and they still have, and then you know it's like a hundred degrees, let's say, yes. and you know the girls being a bitch or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They have a very hard job. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, so many guys are like, I want to be a porn actor. And you could so awesome. do it, dude. I'm like, no, you don't, dude. No, you, you don't. really don't. And you couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really Even couldn't. if you have a big dick, dude, that doesn't mean you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So squirting. Oh, squirting. How do you feel about squirting? Urination. I, can, I can tell that you love it. You're really into it. You put hate it in every scene. Hate it. I hate it when it's how. You know what's so funny about squirting is I hate it so much. And yet I shot Bonnie Rotten and Veronica Avlove together in a girl-girl scene. And oh, if there is nothing more that? than... It was literally, I'm not kidding you. We put saran wrap down underneath the um, comforter. It, like we lined the mattress of the bed with you saran wrap. You didn't hear the saran wrap? No. No, because it was like a Tempur-Pedic bed, I guess. So it was underneath. So it wasn't like any crunching, nothing like that. Okay. But we lined the bed with the saran wrap. They pounded maybe 20 waters. And it was Niagara Falls for 40 minutes. And I was like, this is disgusting. And as you know, the director is also the PA. So yeah. I'm having to clean up the urine, which yeah. is so disgusting. And yeah. I'm like, this is urine. You would not have to pound 20 waters if it wasn't urine. Yeah. Now, I understand there might be some like air quotes squirting where a woman like just a little bit of stuff comes out but like when you're pounding the 20 waters it's urine people yeah yeah Yeah. have you ever shot um marika hase yes is that how you pronounce her name marika maybe no i think it's marika I don't know. Spiegler's Spiegler coming girl. next. We're going to yeah, ask like, Spiegler, what is her name? Um, that's we love her. one of my questions for him. How do you pronounce her goddamn name? Marika Hayes, I think Marika, Marika. Hase, I thought. Hase. I mean, I Hayes. Know. Okay, I don't know. I have shot her twice. Yeah, and she yeah. is a squirter, and I tell her not to. She, okay, so I didn't know that that was her thing. Oh, yeah. And I shot her. Oh. And it was, so uh, the first thing I shot of her was a solo scene. And, like, when she started squirting, yeah. I... 
it almost hit me. Yes, yes. And I was there and I was sitting. I was like, what the fuck? And it just kept coming yes. and coming and coming. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I couldn't. And my camera guy looks at me and we're looking at each other. Which was Terrifying. Expression on our face of what the fuck is this? I had to get a fucking mop to clean that shit up. Of course. Like, baby wipes were not going to clean oh, that no. up. Oh, no. Absolutely yeah. not. I mean, I needed a mop and a bucket. I mean, it, it, was, it was out of control. Yes. And I was just so relieved that we were shooting on, um, it wasn't leather furniture, but it was, uh, what's the other Oh, um, like, uh, uh, vinyl or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Because the worst is a surprise squirter when you don't know they're going to squirt. Yes. And you're shooting on some locations. Fabric. Yes. Like plush velvet couch or something like that. Or it has some grandiose Persian rug underneath it. And then yeah. they squirt all over that. And then. For me, it becomes this kind of slow motion moment where I'm like, no, and I'm like launching myself forward. I'm like, what am I going to well, yeah, do? Yeah, you can't like, stop it. What's the squirt star? Squirt, like jump in front of it and like save the furniture. I mean, no, there's nothing you can do. But you, you know do, what? But just watch and dismay but watch and, and think about shit. how much you're going to get charged by the location owner for the cleanup. Unless it's a porn house. And then in which case there's been 50 million squirts on that <laughs> Persian rug. I know. It's so terrifying. So it is so gross. I think to myself, we must have the best immune systems, though. Yes. Being exposed to just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's funny. People are always surprised that I'm the one who does the cleanup and cleans up the baby wipes. But yeah. I, I just feel like I don't pay my crew enough for no. to make them do it. Exactly. And I personally don't really care. I've been doing this for so long that pretty much nothing phases me. Right. So I'm just like, whatever. It doesn't, like, I'm fine cleaning up, come off the floor. Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing that I wouldn't do is clean up somebody's vomit. I would tell them to do it. <laughs> I haven't had that. I only had somebody vomit it was actually recently um from deep throating too far and i just brought the bag over and she puked in it but yeah oh she puked at, so she was able she to held it her. she held it in her mouth she threw up in her mouth yeah <sighs> i know and it, it, i hate things like that because i'm very squeamish like i don't like the gape i don't like those i don't like gaping so either disgusting. what is with that I, it, I don't know like why do you want to look down into her you butthole? don't nobody does well it's so maybe. gross well it obviously is. someone does. somebody does not me but <laughs> so when like that stuff happens and it doesn't happen very much because i do couple stuff but i'll close my eyes from the monitor because i'm like i don't want to see this this is disgusting it's, yeah i'm not, not into me. it either yeah <laughs> not at all not into the gape. No gape, no squirt, please. Stay. No. No vomit. <laughs> I think that's most people. That, <laughs> that one I agree with probably most people do not want to see that. You know what, though? There's somebody out there who Oh, does. of course. If you can think it, it exists. The internet has opened up so many doors, and there's so many weird fetishes that people are into, and it just blows my mind. Yeah. What's the strangest fetish that you've encountered or that you heard of that you were like, wow, I didn't think that this kind of thing existed? Um, I mean, well, it's, it, there's so many, I mean, I mean, I think, obviously I think the bodily fluids is always disgusting, like the scatting and like the <laughs> two girls in one cup or what, I mean, it's just, I, I, but people love that. <laughs> okay. It's, it's so funny for some reason on the past few podcasts that I've had, we've always ended up talking about, about poop <laughs> and I thought to myself today, and I even make a joke about it on my social media about how often poop comes up and I'm not into poop at all, No, but for some reason it keeps coming up and I thought to myself this morning as I was getting ready, I'm like, I'm not bringing up poop today. <laughs> we are not going to talk about poop today. And here we go. Poop. <laughs> poop somehow came poop. up. Poop. I think the poop and then the, 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 my little pony fetish. 
You know, ah, like a, yes, yes, yes. So the bro- bronies. Bronies. Yes. I, I just, I don't even know. I mean, there's other weirder, crazy things, but like those are the more mainstream popular fetishes, I guess, if yeah. you're going to talk about weird fetishes. But I don't understand that. Did you like My Little Pony when you were young? Loved them, actually. I did, too. I, I had a funeral for one of mine, and then we put it away and never brought it back. My sister and I, we were crazy. Yeah. <sighs> My sister got uh, My Little Pony for Christmas one year, and she's eight years younger than me. And it uh-huh. was one of, like, the special rainbow kinds with the special rainbow tail and okay. the uh, mane. And I was at that point where I was a little bit too old to be playing with dolls. I think I was probably 13 or okay, something so like that. Kind of, yeah, yeah, but I was moving into the preteen. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking, like, I'm too old for dolls. But I remember my sister got that pony, and she was notoriously bad at taking care of her stuff. Like, her toys would get destroyed. She was, like, very messy. And I remember thinking to myself, she doesn't deserve that fucking My Little <gasps> Pony. She's going to ruin that My Little Pony. She's going to take that My Little Pony, and that beautiful mane's going to get knotted, and she's not going to brush it. So I stole it from her. <gasps> when she wasn't looking, I stole it, and I hid it in my closet. You brat! And, you know, and it was the weird... I was obsessed with this thing. And at night, I would go, and I would go in my closet, and I would pull it out from its hiding place and I would like covertly brush its hair. Oh. And I'd be like, you are mine. You are mine, my little pony. I will take care of you, my little pony. Like, you will not get messy. And it was the strangest thing. That, I don't know why. Yeah, it's weird. I, and my sister was so distraught and I kept it. You for didn't a, tell her? That no, you- no. And it was like this dirty little secret that I had. Brilliant. And then after a year or something like that, I think I just planned, I was... I was I clearly came to realize how weird and sick yeah. it was. I was hiding this pony from her. And then I went and I planted it back in her bedroom. And she was so excited that it suddenly oh. randomly materialized from nowhere. And it was such a mystery. And um, I don't know if I ever actually told her. You need to tell her. I feel like I have, but I'm not sure. But I'll bring it up to her again next time. Yes, you, you are an apology. Yeah, it was, it was one of the strangest things I did as a kid. I don't know why. I think it's there was great. a part of me that it represented my childhood, and there was a part of me that wasn't ready to let that go. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of stole it, you know, and I kept it as a secret. Of course. You know, this desire to, you know, I had one foot in becoming a, a young woman and, yes. and one hood, and one foot in remaining a child. And, in, and that My Little Pony was kind of that strange, like, middle ground where i could still indulge in in my childhood fantasies but i had to keep it a secret because i wasn't supposed to shameful yeah yeah there's some whole weird cycle (laughs) psychology surrounding that whole thing i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so do you have any upcoming projects that you want to talk about or that you want to promote um i just had a movie called the obsession that came out recently i'm really proud of it it's my favorite release for sweet center um so there's that. I'm going to be moving into season two of Submission on Showtime. Uh, we're probably going to start shooting it in October. So that, I've got those two things coming up. Because of the Showtime thing, I don't have a lot of stuff in prep because that's where all my focus is right now. How long is it going to take you to film that? It'll take four weeks to shoot it. And then obviously, you know, post-production will be a couple months. Uh-huh. And pre-production, we've been writing it since last year. It's been a year. Okay. Wow. Since last August. Wow. Yeah. Are you are you almost sick of it now? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I would feel like I, I get yeah. sick. Of, like, how involved in the edit process are you? I'm very involved. You're, yeah. Okay, because I... So when I was shooting stuff for um, Adult DVD Empire, I shot a couple of movies for them. I And I had to edit it myself. Because when I shoot for Twisties and when I would shoot for Digital Playground or Browsers, yeah. they edit everything. So I just submit the RAWs and they do whatever they do and I have no hand in the edit oh, process, right? Yeah. So... 
um, with this movie I did. And I was very much involved in the beginning part, you know, like the yeah. storyline and that kind of thing and making sure all that panned out. And then once the sex started, I just can't watch it. No, I'm I usually so don't. Done. It's it's so boring so, and repetitive. Yes. And I, I was there. I saw it. And I'll make my assistant watch it just to make sure that there's no, you don't Boom. hear my voice in the background. Yeah. Boom comes into the shot. Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. But I can't, I can't bear. And no. it's so funny because I know that there's so many people that would probably very willingly watch my porn edits for me for free yes and tell me you know if and i feel like i should just reach out and find someone to do that for me because they would actually enjoy that but like i just feel like that's the fucking last thing i want to watch no i don't want to watch it again it's so i'm already over it we work an adult and the sex isn't what we want to watch i know it's funny right you think about all the time that we spend on you know the dialogue and everything in the beginning and that's usually the part that most people fast, fast forward, forward through. through. I know. And that's the stuff that we spend the most amount of time on. Yes, yes. It's kind of ridiculous. It is, it is. But then I'd be a gonzo director if I believed that in my core. So right. I'm just like, I'm sticking with the dialogue. And obviously there's an audience that yeah. is into that because clearly it wouldn't movies exist. are selling, you're right. winning awards and all that kind of stuff. So All subjective though, but yeah. Well, you know. We got to pat ourselves on the back because ain't nobody else going to do it. That's correct. Okay, yes. Then I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jackie. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know you're super, super, super busy. Okay, thank you. It was my pleasure. Um, can you tell us where we can find you on social media, maybe your website and all that good stuff? Yeah, um, I, I'm Jackie St. James, and it's pretty much on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and my website is Jackie St. James. It's spelled J-A-C-K-Y-S-T-J-A-M-E-S.com. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Holly Randall and at my website, hollyrandall.com. And if you want to support my podcast, you can visit my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. And I have all kinds of fun perks that I give away in exchange for your monetary support, which I appreciate so much. And if you can't do that because, you know, you're used to free stuff, if you could just at least go on iTunes and leave me a rating and a review, I would appreciate it so much. Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Well, that interview went smashingly well. I loved her and I thought that I would. A lot of people who I've worked with who have also worked with Jackie always told me that I would get along well with her and they weren't wrong about that. It was really nice to talk to another female about what it's like to work in a male-dominated industry and I think I felt a certain camaraderie with her. And she was just a lovely person to talk to. And it was interesting to explore our similarities and our differences in terms of our methods and, you know, how we feel about being, quote unquote, feminist porn directors and what that means to us. And I feel like I learned a lot from her. And I think that she was a really interesting guest. So big props to Jackie for coming on and taking time out of her schedule for us. We appreciate it so much. And I think that the interview was definitely well worth it. Next week, we are going to have on the one, the only Mark Spiegler. And if you don't know who Mark Spiegler is, that probably means that you're not in the adult industry because everybody in the adult industry knows who Mark Spiegler is. He is the most well-respected agent in this industry. And he's kind of created this clique or this club where all the girls in his agency call themselves Spiegel Girls. And it's actually become quite an honor 
to be one of those. So he's also going to be bringing with him Gina Valentina, who is, of course, a Spiegler girl. And he's going to tell us about what he thinks makes him such a great agent and why girls are dying to be represented by him. And Gina is going to tell us why, from a performance point of view, she loves being represented by Mark Spiegler and what he does as an agent that makes him so special. So make sure that you don't miss out on this episode. I think for people who really want to get the inside scoop on the adult industry and know how we work behind the scenes is going to learn a lot from this episode. So don't miss it next week on Holly Randall Unfiltered. Unfiltered. 